guys, it's Heather. We're excited about our School of Ministry starting this fall. If you feel called to ministry, visit our website for more information. This week's message is about stepping into your inheritance. Enjoy this message. service with this scripture where do wars and fights come from among you don't they come from your own desires for pleasure that war in your members you lust and you do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain you fight and war yet you do not have because you do not ask you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures adulterers and adulteresses do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God says, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. Two weeks ago I said, God, I want to be a friend of the Holy Spirit. And just like this, God said, then you can't be a friend with the world. And I said, well, wait a minute, Lord, what does that mean? Because, you know, what does that mean to be a friend of the world? And he said, reread it. He said, it's when you're trying to get everything by yourself. It's why you're trying, it's why, it's, it, the worldly ways is you're trying to manipulate it to make it happen. And you're trying to fix it to make it happen. Instead of just trusting that I am the only one that can make anything happen in your life. And I thought the Lord said, if you'll quit trying to control all the situations and you will humble yourself in my sight and just simply ask me to get involved, then I will lift you up and I will fix your situations. I believe that. Sit down a minute. This is important. There's so much we want to do, but we just got to just stay right here for just a minute. If you could just ease me a little light in the congregation so I can see. And if you guys don't mind just hanging out with me because I hope it won't be long. We will go back into this just for a minute. This is an important time. I'm trembling today literally with a bit of the fear of the Lord. Because there are eternal destinies that are hanging in the balance. There's a war right now over our inheritances. There's a spiritual war warring over our inheritances. We've been talking about this is the month of God's goodness. And we're seeing goodness manifested because why? It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. But there's wars right now. You know, there's wars over my life. There's wars over your life. There's wars over our children's life. There's wars over our grandchildren's life. There's demonic forces right now. Why? Why are they so active right now? Because they know this is the season where God is calling people to step into their eternal purpose and their destinies. I'm telling you, we're about to see a remnant and the church rise up that has never risen up before. And we're about to see a manifestation of the destiny and purposes of God we've never seen before manifest in this season so there's a war over it there's a spiritual war right now over our inheritances and so I begin to look at this and I begin to look at you know the scripture we've been meditating on where Moses said God show me your glory and, and God spoke to Moses he said there's a place beside me 
And when, he, when I, that spoke to me, there's a place beside me. There's a, there's a place in God that God has an inheritance for you. Maybe quit playing just a minute because if you keep on, I'm going to do a stage dive. Just hang on just a second there because it's anointed. Just hang on a minute. There's a place in God that you have as an inheritance. See, the church is changing. Church has never been about get saved and that your sins be forgiven so you don't go to hell and go to heaven. That's not the message of the church. Yes, our sins have been forgiven. And yes, thank God, Jesus had des- has destroyed death and hell and actually has the keys to them, the Bible says. Yes, that is part of it. But what we've missed it is you don't realize you've got an inheritance. I have an inheritance. God's goodness is laid up for you as an inheritance in the Spirit. Every person in here has a destiny from God, has an inheritance laid up for you that God wants you to tap into. Touch two or three people. Tell them you've got an inheritance. Let, let, me, give, let me give you one scripture. Psalm 16, 5 and 6. Oh, Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance. Can we put it on the screen? Oh, Lord, Psalm 16, 5 and 6. Oh, Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. Look, next. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Touch two or three people around you tell them you got a good inheritance. I looked up inheritance and I found 10 stories about inheritance, bizarre stories. And I don't, I'm not going to share all 10 with you because I really feel the Holy Spirit moving here. But I thought this was interesting. This one I found. A pair of penniless down and outs inherited a share of $4 billion in fortune after a bizarre twist in family fortunes. Brothers Zolt and Gaza Pilati were so poor, they lived in a cave outside Budapest, Hungary, and sold scrap they found on the streets for pennies. Now, both of them and a sister who lives in America inherited their grandmother's massive fortune for after a life of poverty. We knew our mother came from a wealthy family, but she was a difficult person and had severed ties with us. Then later abandoned us, and we lost touch with her and our father until she eventually died, Geza 43 says. They learned of their good fortune after homelessness charity workers in Hungary were contacted by lawyers handling the estate of brother's maternal grandmother who died recently in Germany. Under German law, direct descendants are automatically are automatically entitled to a share of the inheritance. When I read that, God said, that's what I meant when I said preach the gospel to the poor. He said, I'm not saying preach the gospel to people that don't have money. Preach the gospel to people who don't realize you've got a spiritual inheritance in God and you don't have to live a poor spiritual life. You are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That is good news to the poor, is you're not poor no more. But how many people in God's kingdom in the church do you know that's living in a poor spiritual inheritance? The devil's beating our brains out. Circumstances are reigning over us instead of us reigning over our circumstances. Yet we have an inheritance in God that many of us know nothing about. 
Therefore, we've never walked into it to inherit it. But I'm here to prophesy to you today that you have a spiritual inheritance in God that is reserved for you. And this is your season to step out of where you're at and step into your inheritance. So touch three people. Say, I'm about to step into my inheritance in Jesus' name. Woo! Look at this. 1 Peter 4 and 5, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Put it on the screen, please. 1 Peter 1, 4 and 5, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Come on now. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. Somebody say inheritance incorruptible undefiled that does not fade away check this out reserved in heaven for you there's an inheritance in heaven with your name on it it can't anyone else own it can no one else can have it but while you were yet in your mother's womb, God wrote your name down, fashioned what your inheritance would be, and you, your sin can't stop it, devil can't stop it, circumstances can't stop it. Why? It's reserved in heaven for you. Let, let me get my phone out. Make a call. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, I got this mirror translation Bible that blows my mind. Because it takes all the Hebrew and Greek stuff and breaks it down. Let's see if I can read you a portion of this according to that scripture. 1 Peter 1 and 3. Let's go back to verse 2. You're, if we may have it on the screen, may not. This is a last minute thing. Your original identity is defined by what God the Father of humanity has always cherished about you. How your pre-Adamic innocence would be preserved in the prophetic word and redeemed through the obedience of Jesus Christ. And the effect of the sprinkling of his blood, realizing his grace and peace exceeds any definition of contradiction. I'm going to have to reread that. Your original identity, because inheritance is all about identity. Your original identity is defined by what God, not what your mom and daddy said about you, not what your teacher said about you, not what your behavior said about you, but by what God said about you and has always cherished about you how your pre-edemic, that's before the fall, your pre-edemic innocence would be preserved in the prophetic word. And redeemed through the obedience of Jesus Christ and the effect of the sprinkling of his blood, realizing his grace and peace exceeds any definition of contradiction. The word eclectos, derived from eglegomia, has two components, a preposition that indicates source or origin, to speak, translate, translate original logic, logos, means to know in advance. Peter emphasizes the process value of our redeemed innocence through the obedience of Christ and the shedding of his blood that God knew in advance what you would do, what you would get caught up in it, so he paid for it before you ever got into it so you could receive your inheritance in heaven. My God. So let us boast about it. And bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with articulate acclaim. 
He has reconnected us with our original genesis through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This new birth endorses and celebrates the hope of the ages. God's eternal love dream, God's eternal love dream concludes in life. We are reintroduced to an imperishable inheritance which has been flawlessly preserved for us in the heavenly realm. Catch this. See, everybody thinks you got to go to heaven to get your inheritance. Your, 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 your inheritance ain't in heaven where your eternal destination is. Your inheritance is in the spiritual realm where you've already been seated with Christ in spiritual. Here's what I want to get to. We are reintroduced to an imperishable inheritance which has been flawlessly preserved for us in the heavenly realm where neither Adam's fall or mankind's failure to justify themselves could possibly contaminate, discredit, or diminish the original portion of your true sonship in Christ. Before the fall, God ensured your inheritance. And it's reserved in heaven before you. And Adam's fall, nor man's religious attempts... To obtain it through our own efforts can contaminate it or change it or make it any different than it actually is. As soon as I read that, what did I think about? The prodigal. One of them said, give me my inheritance and went and spent it in a life of sin. Terrible, right? That's what I did. Just blew it. But how many of you know that didn't change anything? I stood in a shower on this property uh, back in 1980 and told God, give me the last, give me the next few years to go see what the world has to offer. I'll come back and serve you later. And I willfully walked away from God in 1980 on the property. Right here, that my family owned and walked away and wound up in all sorts of nonsense and drug addiction, etc., 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 which shows you what the world can give you. And I have no problem with all that if it, was, if it worked. If getting high fixed it, I'd just say, let's all get high, but it don't fix it. <laughs> Because what happens, you wake up the next day and you ain't high and it's still the same. I have no problem looking for love in all the wrong places. It's just you never find it because it ain't real. There's only one real true place. It's in your inheritance. So here's what blows my mind is even though I wasted years on riotous living, the exact property where I walked away from God is the exact property where Word Alive Church is planted today. Why? I've got an inheritance that's reserved in heaven that you can't change. And so do you. Now, as bad as that is, what's odd to me is then you got about the prodigal. So you've got me, the black sheep, 
right? Yet that didn't change it. But then you got my brother. He could have, my brother could have stayed in religion. My brother could have just compromised and said, I've got a doctor's degree and I know theology and I've got a great church. And he could have stayed in religion and gave up his inheritance and spent a life through human efforts. Come on. But what happened, just like I got sick of my sin, he got sick of his tradition, and he said, uh-uh, I, I'll be doggone if I'll stay in tradition and not go after my spiritual inheritance. Come on, somebody. So I got good news. Whether you're stuck, and, and, and one's not worse than the other. One's bad. Go spin it all. But what's worse than that? Sitting in church, never going after it. Staying stuck in dead religion, going through dead religious rituals, never putting your praise on, never believing the Word of God, never getting the Holy Ghost moving in your life, and sitting still while you got an inheritance in heaven that's reserved for you. I've got good news. Whether you've blown it or whether you've not gone after it, today is the day of salvation, and God has an inheritance for you and me. Woo! Where are we going now? Your legitimate inheritance was guarded all along by God's belief in you. To be fully unveiled in the conclusion of time as the perfect solution to mankind's predicament. Just hang on. Your legitimate inheritance was guarded all along by God's belief in you. To be fully unveiled in the conclusion of time as the perfect solution to mankind's predicament. You're an answer to somebody's problem. The anointing in you is not for you. The inheritance is in you that's not just for you and your family. The anointing and the inheritance that's in you is for somebody else that you're going to be a solution to their problem and you're going to demonstrate the goodness of God to them. See, we got to move away from this childish mentality that church is all about us getting blessed. It, it says, my Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. It's time for the church to rise up, lay hold of our inheritance, and go out here and change a dark and dying world and preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and see the kingdom come in Jesus' name. So regardless of any degree of contradiction, whether prolonged or swift, your reason for exuberant joy remains uninterrupted. <laughs> Even at times where you might have occasion to feel utterly miserable. Come on now. Anybody had some occasions recently to feel utterly miserable? Don't change your inheritance. This will help you in those difficult times. Think of your faith as something much more precious than any gold. Or any valuation of gold. Remember that fire does not destroy the metal. It reveals it. Fire doesn't destroy your inheritance. It reveals it. Gold as a currency has only temporal and unpredictable value. 
It fluctuates as the market changes. Now in the same way that fire reveals gold, your faith in the midst of contradiction makes Jesus Christ visible and gives much reason to testimony, stories worth telling. This is what has permanent value and exhibits the glory of Christ in you. Your trials and your testimonies are just to reveal what's actually already there for you and in you, which is your inheritance. I told you the scripture last week. It says Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy will, this translation says, hunt you down. Your, your translation says follow. Goodness and mercy will follow. That's the original Hebraic translation is, surely goodness and mercy will hunt you down all the days of your life. I'll be back. It says, surely goodness and mercy. In other words, that's God's character of goodness and his mercy to cover the messes that you make. Every time you make a mess, you'll turn around. Goodness and mercy is coming to fix things up for you and hunt you down all the days of your life. That's why it says the goodness of God is what leads me to repentance. He didn't leave me in my mess. He came and fixed my mess up and helped me along my way. Goodness and mercy will hunt you down. This blew my mind. I read... Uh, A homeless man in Bolivia fled police while bringing him news of a $6 million inheritance. <laughs> a homeless man in Bolivia fled, ran from police that were trying to get him a $6 million inheritance. The homeless who fled police while bringing him news of a $6 million inheritance, supposed to be living on the streets of Santa Cruz in Bolivia, fled police who were bringing him this news of a $6 million inheritance. Thomas Martinez, 67, apparently thought the police were about to arrest him for his alcohol and drug habit. The man disappeared without a trace, causing Bolivian newspapers to speak of him in the year 2000 as a new millionaire, paradoxically not knowing his fortune. The inheritance came to Mr. Martinez from his ex-wife, who inherited the money herself from family members, and she evidently did not blame him for leaving her several years ago. The unlucky man has never been found. I read that and I thought, my God, is that not what most people think? You think God's coming after you to reveal the negative stuff in your life and try to get a hold of you for all the stupid stuff you've done. And in reality, he's actually coming to you, not for the stupid stuff you've done, but to get you out of the stupid stuff so he can get you an inheritance that's been reserved in heaven for you all your life. My God, what good news is that? Surely goodness and mercy will hunt you down all the days of your life. Come on, stand up with me. Now listen, this is a word. 
This is a word from the Lord. This isn't a sermon. This is a word of the Lord. This month that we're ending is this Hebraic month. It's the month of cancer in the heavens, the hard shell crab. This is the month where God wants to break through the hardness of our hearts and get to the place of vulnerability and deal with issues that have been keeping you and me out of our inheritance. This is that month where God, begin, that God is dealing, digging into the depths of our lives. Here's some scriptures God spoke to me about this, about right now where you and I are. Here's some scriptures God gave me. Come on, y'all, start playing with me. First one God gave me was Lamentations 1 and 9. She did not consider her destiny, therefore her collapse was awesome. One translation says, where there is no prophetic vision, people go back. Second scripture, I was running and God gave me the wildest word from 2 Samuel 12, I believe it is. And it was of King David. I knew I didn't know what it was, but I knew I'd read it before. And it's, God said this to me. He said, if that was not enough, I would have given you much, much more. And I went and reread it, and it was King David who stole another man's wife to satisfy a natural lust. And God came to him through a prophet. He said, what's wrong with you? I've delivered you from Saul. I gave you your father's house. I've given you all of Judah and all of Israel. And if that wasn't enough, I'd have given you much, much more. Why were you looking for soulish, sensual fulfillment pleasures when I can give you much more than anything you would ever desire in any other place, in any other level? And I, I don't even believe God was as intent as he was that it was the sexual mistake as he was he was looking from somewhere other than God to fulfill his purpose and to fulfill his pleasure in life. This next month we're about to enter to in, in just 10 days is the month of Av. It's the month historically where Israel was poised to go into the promised land and they said, no, we're not going in. And on the ninth of Av, when they decided not to go in, they went back in the wilderness for 40 more years and they all, a whole generation died in the wilderness. Since then, from 500 B.C. till right now, I can take you through church history and show you they've been in a cycle of destruction because of disobedience all these years later. Both temples were destroyed on the 9th of Av. Holocaust happened on the 9th of Av. Jews were expelled from Spain on the 9th of Av. All in this season we're in right now. I, I believe this is a word for somebody. God doesn't want you to spend a whole nother year out in the desert won't running around. It's time to enter on into your inheritance of what God has for you. I want us to get ready to sing that last song again. I believe this last song we sang was a prophetic song. It's talking about the eternal purposes of God. And I'm not talking about you and I going earning anything. I'm talking about right now turning toward God because God's running after you. I recently reread Jonah. You know why Jonah was hesitant to go and prophesy judgment? He said, God, because I know what you're like. 
And as soon as I go prophesy judgment, I know what you're going to do. You're going to turn around and show them your goodness. We all put, the, put a whole mess on Jonah. Jonah said, the reason I don't want to go is not because I don't want to obey you. It's because I know what you like. As soon as I prophesy judgment, if there's any form of repentance, you're going to pour out goodness on them. And that's exactly what happened. God's not looking for you to make any massive changes in your life. He may, it may be one change. Maybe in the morning, instead of watching CNN, you should hit your knees for 10 minutes and say, God, I believe you've got a destiny for me. I believe you've got a purpose for me. And God, I want that to unfold in my life. Maybe instead of fretting and living in anxiety over your family and your troubles, maybe you need to take an 18-inch journey. God, I don't know what's happening in my life right now, but she prophesied about knees. I, I like to pray sitting in a chair, but for the last several mornings, the Lord's been saying, get on your knees. And every time I hit my knees, I feel the presence of God come on me. There's something about humbling yourself in the side. What would happen in your home if we rebuilt the altars of God and got down on our knees in our home and said, God, we need you desperately. We know you've got an inheritance for us. This is the season, guys. It's not the season just to play church anymore. It's not the season just to, you know, come do the same old things. God is ready to move in your life, in my life, by His glory and His grace and release His goodness on us. Why? It's an inheritance that's already been laid up for us. And I believe this is a season that we're to move in and we're to inherit it in Jesus' name. And I just read this over us today. Where do you think all our trouble comes from? All of our quarrels. Do you think they just happen? Think again, God says. They come about because we want our own way. And we fight for it deep inside ourselves. We lust for what we don't have, and we're willing to kill to get it. We want what isn't ours. And even risk violence to get our hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you, you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. We're spoiled children. Each of us just wanting our own way. Well, God says, you're cheating on me. If all you want is your own way. Flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God in His ways and purposes. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb has it that He's a fiercely jealous lover. And what He gives in love is far better than anything else we'll ever find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud, but He gives grace to the willing humble. So let God work His work in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and He'll be here in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom. Cry your eyes out. Fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get up on your feet. 
So God, we're here today on our knees. And God, I just don't believe there's not a one of us in this room that couldn't say we've had a lot of trouble in our lives because we've just wanted our own way and not submitted to your way. And Lord, I believe it's because we don't really know how good you are. We don't know how extravagantly good you are and what good things you have for us. So we spend our lives pursuing things the world offers, thinking that that will satisfy us and it leaves us empty every time. God, thank you for speaking to us today to let us know there is an inheritance for us. There are good things. You said, for I know the plans I have for you, plans of good, not of evil, to give you a good and an expected future. God, you said you've given us the Holy Spirit that we might know the good things that have freely been given by you. With a loud amen from the guitar. So God, we simply humble ourselves before you today and we, those of us that are serious about it, just simply say we no longer want to be a friend of the world. We don't want to do it, the, we don't want to, Try to accomplish your purposes even worldly ways. God, forgive us for trying to control the outcome because we don't trust you. That you're always going to do what's right. You're always going to do what's best for us. And you're always only going to do what's good. Because that's just who you are. God is the leader of this church. I humble myself before you, God. And I repent before you and people to say, God, at times I've tried to make things happen in my own strength, my own effort, and I know they're futile. God, we desperately need your Holy Spirit to come in this season because I believe you've got an inheritance for us as believers you've got an inheritance for us as a church and this is the season that you're going to open the door again to allow us to enter into a land full of promises because your promises are yes and they're amen so God whether we're those that have spent our lives just wasting an inheritance or maybe we're those who've sat on the sidelines and just never really gone after it God, we both need you desperately. And so, God, we just come to you today in humble hearts and bent knees, just believing that your Holy Spirit is going to touch us in a very deep way today. And when we get up off our knees, we're going to literally stand up on our feet. And when we do, we're going to walk a different way. We're going to walk in your authority. We're going to walk in your peace. We're going to walk circumspectly, not foolishly, but wise, redeeming the time. And we're going to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because, God, we believe that you've got a mission for us. You've got a destiny for us. You've got a purpose for us. And that is to demonstrate your goodness to a lost, dark world and shine our lights as bright as they've ever shown to see your purposes fulfilled. So, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you, Lord, as we've humbled ourselves before you, that you're going to lift us up. God, let us possess our inheritance in this season. Spiritually, naturally, relationally, 
in every way. God, we claim our spiritual inheritance that's laid up in heaven for us, reserved. We, we refuse to keep living earthbound when there's so much in heaven reserved for us. So, Father, today we lay claim of our eternal inheritance that you're so desperately trying to get into our hands. We lay hold of the gifts you have for us. We lay hold of the provision you have for us. We lay hold of the faith that you have for us. We lay hold of the goodness that you have for us. And we lay hold of the blessings that you have for us as a spiritual inheritance in our season. We don't run from you. We run to you. And thank you for letting your goodness and mercy hunt us down today and stop us long enough to get your blessings on our life. Father, we thank you for it, and we praise you for it now. In Jesus' name, and everybody in agreement said amen. Can we stand up and just praise him a minute this morning? Woo! Come on! I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordalive.tv or download the Wayo app. If you're ready for your next step, jump into Freedom Track anytime. Have a great week.